the Askell Leaders Reading Podcast with Jeff Barton. Hi, I'm Catherine Darnton. I'm head teacher of Gillett School in Henley-on-Thames. Um, I've been, this is my second year on Askell Council and I'm now chair of the funding committee. Excellent. So you've got three um, slightly eclectic choices here for us, Catherine. Talk about your first book, which is one you've known for a while and read a lot, I think. Yeah, so um, I thought it was only fair to uh, include the book that I probably have reread more often than, than anything else. I'm not very good at rereading because I've got so many things to read. Um, but I have probably read reread Pride and Prejudice, I think, three or four times in my life. And I just think it's so beautifully constructed. Um, and I suppose I'm going to slightly betray the mathematician in me at this point. Um, um, because um, I noticed a long time ago that it's almost exactly halfway through the book when um, Darcy first proposes to Elizabeth and she says uh, in reaction that her astonishment was beyond expression. She stared, coloured, doubted and was silent. And as the reader, you are completely with her with that. You are affronted that Darcy could ever propose. And then somehow Jane Austen works her magic in the second half of the book. And by the end, when he does propose, it feels like the most right thing Thing that could ever have happened and I just think as a way of, of constructing a novel I mean I, I enjoy all of Jane Austen's novels but that that complete turnaround from where she takes you to the middle to where, where she takes you to the end I just I think is so clever. It's great and actually as you know I'm English background I remember we, one of the things we talked about in the era I was at university was the classic model of two people who seem absolutely polar opposites who are then brought together unexpectedly is a, a kind of classic theme throughout literature. Um, and when did you first read it? Oh, I think, well, I think that is at school, actually, which is interesting because mm. I was probably always, I probably always was destined to do a maths degree. Um, but I changed schools when I was 14 and um, just met an absolutely inspirational English teacher. And I think we probably studied Pride and Prejudice in year in what is now year 10. Um, and it was the first Jane Austen that I'd, I'd read. But also just being taught by somebody who was absolutely passionate about literature. I'd only been taught before by people who were really passionate about creative writing, which I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a creator. But to be, I've always been a reader. And it was, it was like the first time I'd met an English teacher who, who, who made me realise that, that loving doing English was actually about loving reading, not about loving writing necessarily. Yes, yeah. Now, um, your second choice is uh, an unexpected one. So it's one I have to confess I haven't necessarily read cover to cover. Well, as a math teacher, I can heartily recommend to English teachers that you should broaden your reading. So um, <laughs> I thought one of the things, so at the moment, one of the real challenges for school leadership, is, isn't it, is that every day brings something that we have never done before. So as we're recording this now, we're trying to figure out how to be a mass testing centre, yes. delivering 1,800 tests in a week or whatever it is we've been asked to do today. Um, and, um, um, and actually, I think sometimes it's, it's really important to remember that in education, that although sometimes things get packaged differently, there are some things that, that never, ever change. And when I first started doing my um, PGCE um, in, at King's College London, um, back in 1991, which was a, a tremendously exciting time to be there because Dylan William was still was still part of the education team. Um, I can remember being introduced to this book, which is called Children's Understanding of Mathematics, um, 11 to 16. Um, so published in, in 1981, so it wasn't even brand new when, when I um, 
when I was first had it. But basically what they did was um, a, a, some really, it's, it's, it's by a whole group of people, but they did some hugely interesting research into trying to unpick um, what children's um, misconceptions are. And so that, you know, uh, so by looking, looking, thinking about what common misconceptions might be and then actually conducting surveys and um, and talking about what those misconceptions are to help you be a better a better teacher and I, I've always loved actually teaching algebra because I think when you open that up children think find it terribly opaque and once you open it up it's it isn't actually as scary but some really horrible things when if you um, ask children to do things like add four onto three n um, you get some really really horrible answers and I challenge our listeners to think about um, particularly if they're maths teachers is what those horrible answers are um, but actually understanding why children make mistakes and therefore how we teach them to uh, in order to bring those mistakes to the fore and therefore to unpick the misconceptions has actually been a real theme obviously through my my career as a maths teacher I actually worked for the qualifications and curriculum authority and I, I actually one of the big pieces of work I did was the standards report each year which was the report which did exactly this which was to um, actually do an analysis of all the wrong answers in order to write something for teachers to try to explain what the misconceptions were and then although I don't I do not pro, uh, uh, claim at all to be an expert on mass mastery of course mass mastery and asking uh, finding really good examples and asking really good questions to make sure that we really explore the misconceptions um, and don't and and don't uh, accept a surface level of learning and then obviously we know everything we've been thinking about in terms of offsets kind of understanding about career coherent curriculums um, I think this this book really has has hasn't aged at all um, and and I still think is the you know, an absolutely superb text for anybody who 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 wants to teach maths, but also somebody who maybe thinks that teaching maths isn't that interesting because it's all just about right answers. Because actually, it's all about the, the wrong answers and and working out where they come from and what to do about them. I love that. It sounds like a book which is, of course, about maths, but actually it's about learning fundamentally and and also teachers learning from the errors kids are making. Yes, and also there's so much in it as well about that thing in maths where, um, so this is where I always envy English teachers, Jeff, because you can pr probably nearly always find something positive to say about a child's contribution, but actually learning to teach maths in many ways is how to, how to figure out how, how not to say, no, that's wrong, um, to say, hmm, that's an interesting response, um, could you just explain to me how you got that, which of course the child knows means you got that wrong, but yeah, you're trying to absolutely. do it without actually assassinating their ego at the same time. And your final choice, I'm so pleased you've chosen this because I, I think it's one of the most beautiful novels of last year. So tell us what it is. Okay, so this is a this is a cheat because I, I do read a lot if I get a chance. I mean, that's what I do a, yeah. as soon as I get any time. So um, given the weather last week, um, I actually did read three novels last week. So I'm wow. feeling I'm feeling very smug. Uh, um, so I'm, I, I, there are a lot of modern authors, particularly women. So people like A.S. Byatt, Rose Tremaine, Kate Atkinson, Ali Smith, who I absolutely adore. And it, I just couldn't I couldn't choose. So I thought well actually what I'll do I'll take the easy route out and just choose the last book that I read pretty much um, and that's Hamnet by um, Maggie O'Farrell um, and if, if people don't know it it's, it is Hamnet not Hamlet but actually uh, apparently in Shakespearean time um, Hamnet and Hamlet were absolutely interchangeable and um, it's a it's a book which is kind of imagining a connection between two real events. One of which was the uh, death of uh, one of Shakespeare's um, twins. He had twins, Hamlet and Judith, um, and, and 
and Hamnet um, died as a child. And then uh, quite shortly afterwards, um, uh, Shakespeare wrote Hamlet and thinking about what the connection might have been between between those between those two um, and it's just a it's just beautifully put together with all sorts of you know echoes of Shakespeare plays you know so twins swapping places and nobody being able to tell them apart and um, also really um, interesting portrayal of Shakespeare's wife and, and why it might be that she wanted to marry him. And then I hadn't, I hadn't really realised this, which just shows you how much of a reader I am rather than an analyzer. But actually, I was reading a piece by um, Maggie O'Farrell in the, in the Guardian, and she never actually uses Shakespeare's name at all, all the way through, because she, she said it just felt sort of um, totally inappropriate to actually kind of name him in any way, just, you know, that it was just his too, too great a personality to do that. Um, but it's, um, it's, really, it, it's really readable. It, it jumps around in time, and it's one of those books where you, you finish a chapter and you're completely enmeshed in that bit of time and they start on another bit of time and you're like, no, no, I wanted that story. But actually, all, all, the, all the bits of time, all the, all the stories are really compelling and obviously in the end, it all, it all knits together and you're, you're, um, um, and you're there in the Globe as, as Hamlet's being performed, which would be a nice thought at this time in, in lockdown actually to be in the Globe. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Just, that, and that is a brilliant uh, kind of... Um, evocation of an extraordinary novel absolutely brilliant beautifully done what Thanks did you so like much. about it jeff i tell you what i liked most about it because i've, I've spent my life te teaching shakespeare talking about shakespeare watching shakespeare he is the most famous writer and therefore for his name not to figure and for the person who's been described all the time as shakespeare's wife actually she is absolutely center stage and you look through her eyes i just thought that was an, a, such a clever way of telling the story and shakespeare on the periphery with that until later on in the novel i thought it's i just so i loved it stylistically as well as for the story and it's incredibly poignant isn't it for what happens there so no i loved it yeah absolutely absolutely Catherine, that's, that's no i'm glad i um, so, so no, you're most you. you're most welcome. Well, thank you for letting me letting me talk about books. Maths teachers don't get often let out to do that. <laughs> well, long may it continue. Thank you, Catherine Dancer. ASCL Askell.